lots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me I see. Okay, it's just a, it's just a little plug-in there. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, good morning, happy Monday, everybody. Good morning, this morning, everybody. Well, 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 well. Yeah. So normally, uh, I'm not dressed this way. I, I know you understand that. And uh, this morning is the uh, big mediation for the court case against Entercom. I won't talk much about that. Uh, only to say that it's finally here to a certain degree. And uh, to that degree, what happens is in a in a federal court case, normally what happens is you uh, you, you, you got to the, the, the federal judges and, and people like that kind of want to move things along. And, and you can appreciate that and understand that and, and, and know that that's how things work, you know, because the trial date isn't until uh, the first of July, technically. 
So, uh, and, and we are uh, more than more, more than ready to go to trial if we have to. So it's not until the 1st of July, for crying out loud. So generally they are thinking, well, all right, so maybe there's a way that uh, somehow, some way, things can be resolved to a certain degree and can be taken care of from uh, a different standpoint. Maybe there's some uh, grounds for some kind of settlement of some sort, some something going on. I don't know what that would be. I'm not quite sure um, what it is. Uh, we are asking for a certain amount. It's, it's over a mil uh, if we put it all together. And uh, I'm not quite sure what will change that, uh, if anything. And so we'll just kind of have to figure it out. Uh, but more than, more than happy to go to trial uh, on July and we're more than happy to depose everybody and anybody when it comes to this thing. We haven't done any of that yet because you have to basically go back and make sure that uh, there's there's not some way that you could mediate this thing. And so what happens is federal judges uh, generally say, hey, go back. Let's get everybody together with a mediator, by the way. And let's get everybody together, and then we figure it out from there. And then we, we take it from there. And, and uh, uh, so today, basically, you're going to have both sides trading places with or, – or we're all going to be in one room. The other one's going to be in another room. And then the mediator comes to each room and talk, talks about what it is we have. And, you know, that's how these things work. And then you find out whether or not there's going to be some kind of uh, possible resolution to the thing and – that's how it works out. I got to be there. I'm not really going to – there's no testifying. There's no this. There's no that. Uh, but the mediator is a person who is a, a trained, obviously, an attorney and everything else. And so we talk to him and figure out whether or not there's any way to settle this thing. And if not, then onward to July 1, and we're more than uh, ready to do that. So that's kind of how things are going to roll this morning. I'm going to be taking off here at about 8 o'clock, so I'm just going to be leaving at eight, and then uh, it's all yours from 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 there on. Uh, speaking of all yours, and speaking of where we're at, well, I don't know. You guys see what happened with the uh, with the prognosticators out there, and there are now people like Nate Silver who were starting to think that there's a possibility that the Republicans could indeed even hold the House. Uh, there, there there might actually be some seats lost, and of course, we told you. Earlier in uh, last week, and I, and I said the same thing that that uh, that that this idea somehow that that people are going to go to the polls and are going to just simply put people in office who are going to suddenly just roll back everything the president has done is beyond the realm of comprehension. It was kind of like it reminds me of 2016, only to the degree that. You just looked at what was going on. You looked at the writing on the wall, and you said to yourself, there's no way this is going to happen. There's no way Hillary Clinton's going to win this election. You just look at the people you're talking to. Look at the people who are coming out and voting for the first time in 25 years. Look at the people who are coming out and voting for the first time in 10 years. Look at the people who are coming out and voting Republican who've never voted Republican before because of Donald Trump. It was very easy to see. President Trump is, uh, meanwhile, working very hard. You've seen all the 
sound bites and everything else from him uh, from being out on the on the campaign trail. Uh, Democrats are lazy uh, just by their very nature, and boy, you look at you look at President Trump out there on the on the stump. And everybody else looks like they're worn out. Everybody else looks haggard. Joe Biden could, when he was in St. Louis last week, and I hated to say this because I don't want to be a be an ageist, right? I don't want to. Uh, there are plenty of people who were old people who I uh, admire and love, and so you know, my my mother is turning ninety this week. So you know, I mean, I I she's fantastic, and I love her. But Joe Biden is old. I mean, that guy couldn't even hold the the, the pilot that wasn't gripping. I'll tell you that. When he was talking, it was like, dude, where, where, where have you been? <laughs> Slurring his words and everything else. And there's Donald Trump who's just, you know, you know, wiping the table with these guys out of his rallies and everything else. Tonight, he's going to be in Cape Girardeau. He's going to be there at uh, 9 o'clock tonight is when his speech is going to be given. 9 o'clock in the evening. In Cape Girardeau, at least that's the latest I have. Although it's nine, I, I think it was nine Eastern, so maybe it's eight. Either way, it's it's in the evening time, and there's President Trump who's going to be stomping in Cape Girardeau, which is the stomping grounds, of course, as you all know, of Rush Limbaugh and the Limbaugh family down there. So he's uh, really working typically hard uh, and, and talking about uh, the issues of the day and talking about how this is a referendum on the economy and everything else. People keep telling me, I keep see- seeing these polls and, and, and all the usual suspects over at Fox keep talking about them. Uh, and, you know, the ones who were never Trumpers to begin with saying that, that Americans don't care about the economy, which is the biggest crock of crap. And they think that it's that they care about other things. And when they go to the voting booth, it's not about the economy and that uh, the people who are going to really hold the cards are suburban white women. And they don't like President Trump and his language. And we've we've heard it all before. So finally, we're going to get down to uh, the brass tacks and, and get down to the actual election and uh, golly, it couldn't be over faster as far as I'm concerned. These people out there like Beto O'Rourke and this Stacey Abrams chick and uh, Gillum down in Florida, how anybody could possibly think these guys are going to take these states and, and, and take Texas and, and, and the U.S. Into the, into the promised land is beyond me. You, you realize that when – if Gillum is elected, uh, the income tax increases – He's wanting to install in Florida, and you're going income tax. Yeah, he. You would have to increase. You have to impose an income tax to take care of what this Venezuelan wants to take care of in Florida, or or you'd have to create a 38 percent sales tax down there. I mean, it would be so destructive to the Florida economy. How anybody in their right mind could vote for a guy like Gillum is beyond me, and and normally. You know, I, I, I don't want to pull the Hillary thing about people being deplorable, but you've got to be a, a moron to, to think that Gillum is going to be an adequate leader for the state of Florida. As big of a state as that is, as economically powerful as that state is, you've got to be out of your you you got to be on a suicide mission to vote for that guy. Or you just have to hate Republicans so much that you're going to you're going to put the guy in. Meanwhile, in Georgia, where you had Oprah's candidate there, Stacey Abrams, you know, Jake Tapper, good for him. Uh, he's gotten tough. 
at least on a couple of occasions, uh, he could he could sit there and have somebody, you know, say that Donald Trump is, you know, the worst terrorist since ISIS or whatever that woman said on his show, and he just let it go. But then sometimes there are kind of uh, swaths of brilliance coming from Jake Tapper. So he's on with Abrams, and and she's just a she's like the Ocasio Cortez. She's just a, a kind of an empty suit. And, you know, obviously what she has going for her is her gender and her ethnicity, which um, is the same thing Gillum has going for him. I mean, seriously, and in Beto O'Rourke, I guess the, the best they could do is whenever, whenever, you know, white people on the left are running, they just compare them to Bobby Kennedy and they think their work is done. But that's, uh, I mean, this is kind of what, what's going on. And so Tapper's interviewing Abrams and, you know, Georgians like their guns. I mean, they're, they're from the South and they're not, you know, going to have anybody come in and just grab their guns from them. But Stacey Abrams is a gun grabber. She's, she's far left. I mean, I think it was interesting because Oprah came out and said, well, you know, we're, uh, I voted Republican and I voted Democrat. So she tried to kind of get this point across that she was a real independent. And she, I guess she is. And, and boy, that's pretty independent voting for a Republican and then endorsing a left wing anti gun nut like Stacey Abrams. So uh, you're definitely independent there, Oprah. That's, that's for sure. Uh, no doubt about that. So tapers, uh, tapers on with Abrams, and uh, the interview goes uh, pretty well. As we can be Let's expected. talk about gun policy. When you were a state lawmaker in 2016, you co-sponsored a bill that would have allowed Georgia state authorities to take away so-called assault weapons from current gun owners. Most similar bans would grandfather in existing uh, weapons of that sort, semi-automatic rifles that are called uh, assault weapons. So is that your current position, that law-abiding gun owners in Georgia should have to give up those weapons if authorities deem it necessary? In the state of Georgia, you introduced legislation to start conversations. Well, just to be clear, you were one of six co-sponsors of this bill, House Bill 731 introduced January, if authorities deem it necessary? In the state of Georgia, you introduced legislation to start conversations. Well, just to be. That's your typical left wing kook right there to start. They always they always want to start a conversation. So they introduce introduce a law, right? Legislation to change a law to start a conversation. And believe me, that's how the left operates. They just introduce wacky legislation, and then they claim that they're just trying to start a conversation. That's the biggest crock of baloney I've heard in a long time, but she she really doesn't have it going on. She's not, and which is one of the reasons why she doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. She does a lot of these speeches and things like that, but I mean, usually you see these people pressed in any kind of venue, and that that's not a cheerleading venue. I mean, obviously she's been on with the, the Today Show and all that kind of stuff, and they just they don't talk about bits and pieces of of her policy. They just talk in broad strokes here. But once you get her down to policy, that's what you get the, the conversation. Authorities deem it necessary. In the state of Georgia, you introduced legislation to start conversations. Well, just to be clear, you were one of six co-sponsors of this bill, a House yes. Bill 731 introduced. I, I I didn't know the motto of the Georgia was the conversation state. 
Is that what it says in the license plate? We're the conversation state. Here in Georgia, when we introduce legislation, we just do it to start a conversation. Start conversations. Right. Well, just to yeah. be clear, you were one of six co-sponsors of this bill, a House yes. Bill 731 introduced January 11, 2016, not that long okay. ago. Your co-sponsor told reporters the law, quote, would require gun owners of these particular models to turn their guns in. And again, my, my point is this. The legislation introduced was the beginning of a conversation. Well, just to maybe be clear, why, though, maybe that's why I Oprah, understand. So, maybe that's you, why Oprah liked her, because she starts conversations. She's the conversation candidate. Maybe that's what Oprah liked about her. Don't support the actual legislation. You just support having a conversation about <laughs> it? No, what I've said is legislation <laughs> in the state legislature is about starting the conversation. My mission in 2016 was to be a part of the conversation. She's the conversation candidate. That's for sure. She's just said conversation about 10 times. So now we know what the allure of Stacey Abrams was to Oprah. I believe that we have to ban assault weapons in the state of Georgia. But what I'm saying is, as part of my leadership, I'm going to work across the aisle and we're going to have a conversation about how we accomplish that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, let me get this straight. Uh, we're going to grab your guns, but we're going to let you talk about it first. And, and let you take a swing at, at not grabbing the guns. So that's not leadership right there, where we say, I know what we'll do. We'll go ahead and do this, and then we'll talk afterwards. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach across the aisle and see how divisive you are by not agreeing with me. So we'll, we'll, let, that's how we're going to – we're gonna. I mean, this is coming – you might as well be talking to a seventh grader in terms of how they're going to run – run the state of Georgia by having a conversation, you know? What are you going to do again? You're going to reach across the aisle? Of the conversation. I believe that we have to ban assault weapons in the state of Georgia. But what I'm saying is, as part of my leadership, I'm going to work across the aisle, and we're going to have a conversation about how we accomplish it. <laughs> okay. Is, is, that a, is, that, is that having a conversation when you've already decided something, and then you decide you're going to talk to somebody about how they're going to make your decision work. Like, how does, how does that happen in any venue whatsoever? Like, like okay, like, for instance, in a, in a husband-wife, wife-husband configuration where you're talking about something, and imagine the husband coming in and saying, honey, we're going to reside the house, and we're going to reside the house all in white. You're welcome to have a conversation with me about how we're going to make sure we reside the house in white. I mean, how how often does does that take place with any kind of success in your normal day to day conversations? Now there are obviously uh, people, uh, CEOs, and businesses where they have a vision, and then you are tasked to help promote that particular vision and and that's fine because you're the boss and so you're going to say hey folks uh we're going to create a new flavor of seven up and we're going to have it cherry and that's what we want we want cherry flavored seven up your job is to make sure that by march of 2015 we have cherry seven up on the shelves that's not uh, too demanding. That's not something that's kind of out of the realm. But don't claim that it's a conversation. 
don't, don't, no CEO or whatever is going to come out and say, uh, we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about Cherry 7-Up, and here's the conversation. I want Cherry 7-Up on the shelves by 2015, and you're going to make it happen. That's not really a conversation. That's more of a mandate. And so, again, if you're going to do it, just do it and, and own what you want to do and own your legislation. Uh, President Trump is similarly inclined, uh, but he doesn't claim that he's having a conversation about it. He doesn't go out there and say, we're sitting cross-legged on the floor about this. He says, this is what I want. We're going to build a wall, and you all are going to help me build the wall. But he's not sitting there and claiming it's some kind of uh, discussion or conversation. And so that's the problem with politicians is they hide behind this idea that they're actually just conversationalists and ecumenical and whatever. Believe me, the first person that disagrees with Stacey Abrams, if she's governor of Florida and she wants to ban assault weapons, is going to be divisive and racist. That, that, that's pretty much guaranteed. It's what happened with Obama, too. Anytime you disagreed with him, you had to be disagreeing with him because he's the first black president, not because his idea is dumb as a bag of hair. But no, you, 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 got, you got to go along, but she's going to be playing that card. But if she becomes governor of, of Georgia, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Beto O'Rourke has had similar flares of stupidity, and Gillum is also an empty suit. So let's go on to, uh, to Missouri and the latest poll numbers. The latest poll numbers have shown that Josh Hawley's lead has – dropped from 7% to 3% in a matter of a couple of weeks. And that's just because people are starting to coalesce uh, their decisions and, and, and they're starting to make their decisions. But I'm also hearing that Claire McCaskill's camp knows that this is not going to be a, a winning night for her, that this is going to be a bad night for Democrats in the Senate who are incumbents overall. Uh, Tester's a good example of that. And and so, I'm not really too worried about the, that that Senate election. You can you could tell by the people who were interviewed uh, after that little Biden rally of hers, where they talked to the postal worker who was like, "Well, what kind of reviews are you get?" Well, that's a mixed review. When I go door to door, it's like, I mean, he didn't even want to lie about it. He didn't even say, "Yeah, everybody loves her." He was like, "Yeah, not a whole lot of people," you know. And then they interviewed that one woman who's like, maybe if we just get enough people out to the polls, things will work. It's like, yeah, maybe. But that doesn't sound like you're all all that excited about the thing. Mark is going to be in uh, at 630, and uh, we'll see how he's going to be uh, rocking. I mean, you know, he's predicting President Trump's going to be in prison, so who knows how that, that's going to go. But we'll talk more about that. Uh, and, and also, we're working and putting pieces together for our coverage tomorrow night. I know... There are a couple of options for us. Uh, one will be to be at Ann Wagner's headquarters, and we're going to figure that out. I'm talking to Ben Murphy, they're having a watch party as well. So we're going to figure out how all this stuff is uh, going to go. But I th- I'm pretty sure one way or the other, we're going to be live tomorrow night. And it might just be on Facebook, depending on how crazy things are and, and what happens. Uh, but by tomorrow morning, we'll know, and I'll know, whether or not we'll be on the stream as well. And obviously some of you would prefer uh, that obviously we do both. So we're going to try to work on that as well. So we'll figure that out uh, uh, in the end. Meanwhile, did you guys, um, the, the, the Dan Crenshaw, 
I don't know whether you're aware of Dan Crenshaw and his past, but he is a uh, uh, man who has been deployed uh, three times, uh, and he is a person who is, of course, in Texas. He's a uh, congressional candidate in Texas. And you remember when I, a long time ago, it, what, I can't remember whether it was on this show or was it all the way back to when I was still at 97.1. I don't know. But he had some kick-ass ads at the time. And uh, he's running for, for Congress there in Texas. And he... um He's had surgeries after surgeries. He eventually regained sight in his left eye after being hit by an IED, uh, but uh, and and then went on to deploy twice more after being hit by an IED. Uh, first back in 2014, then he went to South Korea in 2016, and he has also been a very aggressive candidate uh, and you know he kind of uh, is the very image of bravery when it comes to all that he does and so uh what they decided to do on Saturday Night Live and, no- and normally I don't really watch Saturday Night Live so I'm, I'm obviously just relying on a clip so I don't really uh watch it but there's a there's a uh, there's a comedian and he is uh, Pete Davidson. Now, uh, Pete Davidson is a pretty rough comedian. He, uh, his dad died in on nine eleven. His dad was killed uh, on nine eleven, and his dad was a uh, was a firefighter, I believe. And Davidson has joked about his dad dying before, like he's joked about nine eleven. And 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 I've seen him on a variety of these different uh, Comedy Central roasts, and he's actually a a fairly funny guy. I mean, he's not he's not a slouch, uh, and, and he's uh, he's made fun of his own dad who has died in on nine eleven, and I think that he thinks that that is okay then if, if he makes fun of his dad for him to kind of just make fun of anybody, uh, including Crenshaw, who is wearing an eye patch and who is basically, thanks to an IED, uh, basically blind, uh, even and even still went on to serve even after his injury there. And so I think that Crenshaw thinks, uh, that, that Davidson thinks that that means it's okay, just he can go and make fun of anybody. At that level, and this SNL thing uh, didn't really work. I mean, he went after a lot of different candidates, and he's kind of sizing up the election here as as a spoofer on the Weekend Update show. But this is kind of how it how it as went. He said the midterm elections are next week. Here with his first impressions of some of the candidates is Pete Davidson. <laughs> hey, Tay. Um, so the midterm elections are obviously a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after I had to move back in my mom, I started paying attention to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's loving it. Uh, and I realized there are some really gross people running for office this year. So here are my first impressions. Okay. Uh, this guy's fun. Uh, Rick Scott from Florida. Uh, he looks like someone tried to whittle Bruce Willis out of a penis. <laughs> 
New York guy, uh, Peter King. Uh, I actually don't know a lot about him, except he looks like if a cigar came to life. <laughs> I mean, some of that's pretty funny. I mean, that, that whole thing about King, <laughs> if a cigar came to life, I mean, that's pretty damn funny. You know what I mean? I don't, the, I'm surprised they're kind of going, uh, the Rick Scott thing doesn't really, that's, that's not very funny, but the, but, but the Peter King a cigar came to life. You got to admit that's pretty funny. Uh, this guy's kind of cool. Uh, Dan Crenshaw. Okay, now this is this is the one when they have a picture of Dan Crenshaw there with his eye patch on. Okay, this is a guy who's had three deployments, was blown up by an IED, and you know he's a honored veteran. I mean, I, I you know I get it. Pete Davidson makes fun of his own dad dying on 9-11. I get it. But I'm not quite sure that that gives him the ticket that he's about to try to exchange for laughs here. But we'll see. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Uh... I mean, th- at that point, even they put up the, the, the picture and the anchor is like, dude, you're not going to make fun of this guy, right? You're, you're not going to... You know, cause, because even Democrats sometimes have a level of uh, a certain level of decency especially when it comes to veterans and and that kind of thing so davidson uh decides he's gonna go there though you may be surprised to hear he's a congressional candidate from texas and not a hitman in a porno movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i know he lost his eye in in war or whatever (laughs) i mean you know that's that's going to a place where you generally would would never go. I mean, I lo- I know he lost an eye in the war or whatever. I mean, let's let's say even if you just stop it at looks like a hitman in a porno movie, I think Davidson probably could have gotten gotten away with that. Uh, just just to just to say it, whatever. Because I mean, it is it is a comedy show, and and it's it's not supposed to be you know. It, it, it can be gritty, and you can say Hitman in a porno show and just be done with it. But then you go on, and, and you take a little more here, and you're kind of ad-libbing, and suddenly you're like, no. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, here, here's a Democrat, so I look fair. Uh, give me that, like, Cuomo guy. There he is. All right. Yeah, Cuomo. Uh, he looks like a guy that's sleeping with your mom but stays overnight and eats breakfast with you in his boxers. <laughs> All right, so most of it pretty funny. But the one about Crenshaw, I think, uh, really does uh, end up just kind of screwing the pooch there. And that's kind of not helping when it comes to the general viewpoint of certain Americans towards Democrats. Now, the SNL audience, I don't think, really really cares uh, one way or the other, and, and because that's what they do, that's kind of their thing. So I don't think that that's really uh, going to change many minds there in New York or at SNL or what have you. But if you're just an average everyday American out there and you're looking at the way Democrats or liberals kind of do their comedy and stuff like that, this kind of thing isn't necessarily helping. Again, it's not the end of the world because it's a comedian uh, it, it is a guy who is known to be pretty rough as it is, considering that he he uh, makes fun of his his dead dad 
uh, who died at 9-11. So I guess that, that people think that maybe that gives him a little bit of a license. It is comedy. I'm not necessarily uh, that worried about it, but I will tell you that's sometimes the vibe that uh, people get. I think even Mark Kaysen might be uh, offended by that, but we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, and in honor of Dan Crenshaw and the rest of our lovely veterans, how about our national anthem? Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. Like morning in your eyes, but the clock's held nine fifteen for hours. Oh, come on! Sunrise, sunrise. Hi. Couldn't tempt the You're, you're gonna make time. Facebook crazy. Cause the afternoon. All this great music. Yeah, you're kind of making me feel all fuzzy and, I said, <laughs> and warm. Oh, come on! Nora so Jones. Look at you. You look so nice today. Nice shirt and tie. Well, my attorneys were like, dude, <laughs> uh, try dressing up for once. Right. When, when you, you, I mean, you don't, I know you don't dress up for us because you come in with your flip flops on and your jeans and everything else, but uh, this is a little bit different venue, so it might be nice of you to kind of act like you're a grown up for once and so i figured i better dress up but you all no i shouldn't say always you mostly dressed up for tv oh yeah i always yeah, did well, well for the most part yes yeah. i was I, Special I, 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 I will tell you uh, that without without a doubt i was the best dressed person on local television well uh, during the times when i wasn't on the air with you well you, oftentimes you were on yeah right <laughs> oftentimes you were on friday though that's true. 
And so sometimes I would dress down a little That's bit. That's true. In fact, a lot of times on Friday, I'd, yeah. it'd be casual Friday there at the Almond Report. So, yeah, we'll we'll see which station gets uh, the rights to all of this, which we'll TV see. station, and 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 then we'll see how we dress. At that we'll be time. back on. We'll be back on TV. Oh, soon. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. You and me yeah. and the Almond Report. And I have to tell you too. Uh, I will tell you in my my defense also regarding my way of manner of dress that uh, that I um, that 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 I generally uh, no, nobody even wore pocket squares until I did on local TV. And then all of a sudden, they have all these guys out there wearing their pocket squares. They and I it, wore it, one it, one day, <laughs> and you made fun of me. But that's because well, okay you were copying me. Yeah. But then, the, you know, but then they, they didn't wear the then they didn't wear the pocket squares. What they did was they they then had to make a big deal out of the fact that they were wearing pocket squares. So you'd have the thing. It looked like, <laughs> it looked like they were wearing like a bouquet of of. Uh, of material flat. Okay, dude, we get it. You're wearing a pocket square, but you're not supposed to act like you when you wear a pocket square, you're not supposed to like act like you're wearing a pocket square. But too many of these guys do it. It's all it's it's, it's practically like up to their chin. It's like, dudes, calm it down a little bit. One thing I will tell you is I it, you know what took me the longest in terms of preparation for my uh event today with with the the suit and the tie? Yeah, what was that? It took me I almost had to go to the store. I couldn't find a pair of socks. I know you. You sometimes don't wear socks. Uh, you can see it on the on Facebook. I know. never wear socks, even when That's I wear good. shoes. That's good. So, so I, so I, I all day yesterday. I'm telling you what. I'm tearing my bedroom apart looking for a pair of socks, and, and finally, I did find some. But I couldn't otherwise it was I was like, this is ridiculous that I can't find a pair of socks. Well, certainly if you'd have called me, I'd have bought you a pair of socks. And besides that, it, under my way of thinking, I mean you could simply call the government and they could provide you with a pair of socks. <laughs> Last time I had, did have to dress up. When when was it? Uh what was I doing where I had to dress up uh some way uh recently? Oh, when I was in New York. I didn't have socks, so I just didn't wear socks. They probably don't require that. I wore my suit and, yeah. uh, and these shoes, but no socks. I didn't have any socks. So I just and they probably you know, thought that was all the rage. Cool. I'm so sure I'm sure in New York. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, exactly. All right, so uh, yeah. So have you seen Dude, the polls this morning? Uh, yes. No, I've no, no. It. You haven't seen this one. What poll is this? They haven't seen this one. This one is a poll with about 10 different women uh, running in 2020. Against Donald. Oh, that's I haven't a good, seen that's that. That's a good poll. So first, you've got uh, you've got Michelle Obama and and Oprah with beating him by thirteen, and then it goes all the way down the list, and everybody's beating him until it comes down to Hillary, who also beats him by five. There's no way. And then and then finally comes uh, Warren. Five. Elizabeth Warren. And she only beats him by two. So, okay. Thir- 13, I'm a little worried about. Five? <laughs> yeah. That's probably margin of error. Yeah, probably is. So anyway, I, I knew you wouldn't want to hear that. So, by, by the way, why are Michelle Obama and Oprah, uh, they're, they're, they're the same number? 13, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. They just threw that in there so they didn't offend Michelle Obama. There's no way Michelle Obama is, is 13 above. What, what is she, 
I mean, well, clearly, I think she probably is 13 above him, but I, I can't what, imagine what Michelle done? Obama running nothing. She, she was the, the first lady. I mean, what has Donald done? Well, I mean, uh, a he lot. He went bankrupt he, he's, four he's, times. He, so what? He's, 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 and re- he lies. Refor- he's re- reformed the economy, Mark. Okay. Don't say that. Listen, oh, here's a number for you. Tell me this number is a lie. The number, Obama! the number of jobs created. In the last 21 months of Obama's presidency was 4.5 million. Okay? The number created during the first 21 months of Donald's presidency is 4 million. So he's created a half a million less than Obama. Now, that's no reason to, to be against Pre- Donald Trump. Obama. But, he, but, but, but again, a half a million Less. No. President Ob- Here's the deal. President well, no, Obama. No, no, no. Don't say no. President Obama presided over the slowest recovery. Any economist you talk talk to no. presided over one that's of the your, slowest recoveries in the history of man. That's your quack. What's his that's name? That's not. No. It's Stephen not, it's, Moore. Yeah, it's not only Stephen Moore, though. Yeah. That it, Look. And Kudlow, who's, you know. Okay. I don't want to say any bad things Here, about it. Listen, Look, here, here's the here's the, rea- the reality is. How about how your, about your, your how about your thing about ha- the tax receipts? I heard you talking about tax receipts okay. during first last of all, week. First of all, let me let me talk about those numbers you just threw Go out ahead. there. You you can't just talk about the numbers of jobs without talking about the segments where the jobs were created. Do you realize that a, a majority of the increase in employment under Obama came under government jobs it wasn't under any other sector it wasn't in uh the service sector it wasn't in the blue collar sector and so the job increases for the most part took place with the, the government remember when, when it when, was when, in when, service remember when, that's when, okay right. well okay yeah. so okay so we had a few more waiters than we had before no not that kind so of we service had, so legal services financial <laughs> services well, yeah well, of course because people had to uh, had to deal with his monstrosity called <laughs> obamacare so you had to hire a bunch of but but keep in mind remember he had the uh, the all the people the who who were the the navigators remember the navigators <laughs> Yeah, them women who worked in the nav- the offices for Obamacare and the navigators. Remember they interviewed them and they talked about how, honey, you can lie all you want to on your phones and it's like that that kind of thing. Is that racist of me to do that? Because I'm I'm just I'm I'm actually saying that's it. That's on a tape. That the na- I'm just I'm imitating the navigators who were caught on tape. I would lying. say I would were- s- I would say it's not racist because. I'd say you can make fun of anything because I read the Constitution, right? And it says it's okay. But Honey, you, know you don't but, have to tell but, the government. But the you truth. know what? But you know what Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> says. Jerry Seinfeld. I read a, a long article because he's coming back on some show, and, and and Seinfeld is something he's doing. Oh, and he's doing a bunch of stand-up comic. And, yeah, but but, but he's he, funny. But he he is funny. But he said something that that's accurate, which is that. You can get away with anything that your audience is willing to accept. <laughs> yeah. So that's the answer. Well, you know, what's funny is it, it's it's because Larry David has done some oh, wild yeah. things. Well, and you know, and 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 this whole uh, Pete Davidson thing, which is was interesting when he w- went after Dan Crenshaw. Uh, but again, he's in the, he's in the context of his audience. So his audience, of course, uh, doesn't care whether somebody makes fun of a guy who had three tours of duty and lost an eye. 
uh, due to an IED. And, and Davidson has – it's funny how Davidson has extra credibility – uh, from Saturday Night Live. I don't know whether you heard about this whole thing. But, no, you know, I listened to you on the okay, way in. Okay, yeah. okay, and okay. I watched it. Okay. You know. and, and, but but he, it's, funny to have, it's funny that he has extra credibility, which is kind of how twisted the world is. And I'm not, I'm not overly wrought over this thing because I'm, I'm not SNL's audience, so they don't care what I think. But uh, he is, his, his excuse is that I make fun of my dad who died on 9-11, so... Well, I could pretty much say anything, well, which is kind I, of interesting as, as, as a defense. I make fun of my dead father, who I loved tremendously, but we, my whole family, we love to poke fun at him and sorry he's not around to get his butt kicked. But, you know, and then people always say stuff about people passing away instead of they died, which they did die and they're dead. I understand people don't want to say it. They want to say, well, they passed and all well, that. Generally, stuff. people just want to be... I, Okay, you know, sometimes people just think that it's it's a, a little bit nicer. Doesn't make it better. It. I mean, they're not no, coming no, back. They're not trying to make it better. They're yeah. just trying to, you know. Okay, I get it. Um, but, but, but now you were talking about conversation. I would love though. to have met your dad. I'm oh, sure your dad was a stitch. He was funny, funny guy. Yeah, he he, uh, he agreed with you. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, your mother agrees with me, and my dad would have agreed with you, and definitely wanted to to stop those immigrants and all that. You know, lived in Southern California and. Yeah, that was, it couldn't take. Yeah. So let me ask you this though, because you, you talked about the um, the uh, who, who Seinfeld said that about comedy, because that's interesting going into today, because uh, and and our position regarding the tweet and everything else is that my audience didn't care about the tweet, like the people that the people that listen to me and that uh, and that go to my advertisers. And that spend their money with my advertisers and my advertisers, nobody cared about the tweet. The only people that cared about the tweet were Stacey Newman and a bunch of people who didn't actually listen to my show. That uh, and and the CEO of the company that 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 uh, took over my radio station. Uh, those were the only people that cared about the tweet. Not even the people I worked for. The middle management. No one in management, no one in sales, no one anywhere except for the left-wing kooks and the CEO of Intercom gave a rip about that tweet. And it's, it's kind of like if, if, um, if you go to a uh, – like let, let's pretend like you're Coca-Cola and somebody came to you and said, you know what? Uh, we hate your product. And it's like, do you drink Coca-Cola? No, we drink 7-Up. But we hate Coke. How what, how far do you think you're going to get in terms of Coca-Cola? Oh, well, maybe we should change the recipe because people who drink 7-Up don't like Coca-Cola. I mean, it's it's that ridiculous. So to your point uh, to, to about Seinfeld, is that, is that uh, yes, it's, it's just tolerable within the realm of the people who you're talking to in terms of your audience and everything else. And so... No one cared about this tweet except for people who didn't even listen to me. And yeah. in fact, my my CEO of Entercom didn't even listen to my show because he's a left wing liberal. Well, but the, look, I listen to your show. I'm I guarantee you, I'm more radical left than anybody that you can find. But let me say, because we've discussed this before, that that you know Lenny Bruce used to make jokes about what he called. That hot lead enema, the hot lead enema. 
So, it, you know, so he he was doing exactly what, you know, your little shtick was, you know, 50 years ago before he died. So, you know, look, um, I mean, listen, it's, wait, it's, wait, wait, it's wait. ridiculous. That, well, what are they worried uh, about? Let, did you see? Did you see? Uh, so what was who, what, who was he talking about getting the hot lead enema? Well, he he, he would make that joke about a lot of different Somebody getting people. shot. Yeah, no, no, because he talked about if 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 he were arrested or not arrested but if he were a prisoner of war and and they tried to get him to talk okay and they tried to shove a hot whatever poker up his butt which is right. what you oh, talked okay. about oh, gotcha yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know okay he said he said he would he said look i'm not taking that hot lead en- enema uh, uh, gotcha I, i'm okay. gonna tell everything i know you know right so uh, well, but, you, okay, you're, you're from the era then uh, that you'd, you'd appreciate this. So uh, remember Lou Reed? I, I don't. The musician? No. You've, you've never heard of Lou Reed? No. Oh, come on. I don't know a lot of things. I, uh, music, I, I mean, especially. I know, but, but, but you know what? You're just, you, you just bring everything to a halt when you don't know I about I don't know Lou Reed. You want me to tell a lot, you know. Elements of culture. You yeah. have no, nothing? I don't. I might. Yeah, I might know you, his music you if you, you know. Yeah. I probably would. Actually, he's a he's a great musician, and one of his one of his most well known tunes was a, was a uh, song called "Street Hassle," and at, that was from way way back in the day. Uh, and it was a song called Street Hassle, and this is this is it. It's really it's really pretty good. Um, but he had some really harsh so I language. Tell you a little bit about this song called Street Hassle, and 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 it's just this is legendary. The Street I Hassle. I write bit. a song ahead. A great monologue set to rock. Something that could have been written by William Burroughs, Hubert Selby, John William Ritchie, Burroughs, of course. Yeah. Tennessee Williams, Nelson Aldrin. Yeah. Maybe a little Raymond Chandler. <laughs> sure. Raymond. Going way What other, what other musician could, would, would invoke the, even the words Raymond Chandler? Sure. Right out loud, you know. How, how, how far back is he? Ripped out her wallet. Blue Reed. The sexy boy you smiled in dismay. 60, 70s. Oh, okay. Took out for 20s cause she likes round figures. Everybody's a But Lou Reed was a, you know, like a, like a classical liberal, but he was also a person who, uh, had um, some pretty harsh language in his, in his music. You could hear him cussing all the time. And, well, and, and watch HBO. Okay, so Lou Reed passed away not too long ago. Okay. And he was celebrated, like, on the cover of, you know, Rolling Stone, and people loved him, and all the people in, you know, Soho and New York City, they were all having these, you know, Lou Reed mock funerals and everything else. And, um, but, but Lou Reed wrote, wrote a song called I Want to Be Black. Okay. I mean, you know, this is, this is like Lou Reed from, I mean, this is, I'm surprised you don't know who this is. I don't know the guy. From your era. New York and all the, all the, 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 the post beatniki babies loved him and everything else. But one of his lines was, I want to be black. I want to be like Martin Luther King and get my ass shot off in spring. 
you believe that he wrote a lyric like that, and yet he's celebrated by, you know, by all of these Hollywood elites and everybody else. And and so to your point about about how comedy is in terms of your audience, but it's it, but it's so weird. And and, and I didn't I, hell even I was uncomfortable with a song like that. But I mean, but but still, it's weird how certain people get a pass on things and certain people don't. So it's weird how, for instance, Maxine Waters can uh, call out all of her flying monkeys to attack people in stores and do this kind of thing. And then, and then Donald Trump says one little thing, and, and he's a bully. Well, he doesn't this, say one little thing. He doesn't say one little thing. No, Maxine Waters, I'm against, but th- I've always been against her. But she's so, the Democratic Party right but now. But now she is really not, and she's not even, quote, liberal or radical or any. She's just, she, uh, to me, she's pretty ridiculous, and, and, and so you know, I wouldn't even spend any time on her. Donald, we don't even have to do this. Everybody knows all the lies and the enemy of the people and all the, the horrible stuff that he's done and what he's look, he's now encouraging the, the, the military to, to go to the border and shoot babies is, babies and women wait, wait, and babies. Wait, 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 wait. No, he says if they pick up a rock, consider it a gun and shoot. No, he didn't Yes he, he did. No, he, he actually no, I heard didn't. him. No, he I, I know that you heard him say something of that nature but he didn't say that as the he didn't order that was not a an official commander-in-chief order he was saying he was asked how do we know what's official okay he was well if they pick up a rock consider it to be a gun he didn't but he didn't say that though mark he said he said if they pick up a rock we're going to consider it to be a firearm correct okay but that's what i just said no it's not what you just said you said if they pick up a rock Consider it a firearm, as if he's ordering his troops to do that. And that's not what he said. You have to be more precise. Well, you especially you better me, be, because I remember things. Well, you better be very precise with them because they might accidentally do something. They're because, not going to do anything. Well, of the, I don't know what sort. happened to Kent State. Things happen. They're, they're not even. I, I, I know. God, no, right? I you know, waiting. I was. I was. I've been so waiting for the Kent State thing. Sure, you walked right into that one because I've been saying for a long time now. That that's that that's precisely what I believe, and I'm not putting this into your mouth. But there are some people who want this to happen. They want this confrontation to happen because, well, of course, it's, not. it's the only thing that's going to going to help them is to have some poor uh, dreamer or whatever they want to no, call him shot that. by a by a a U.S. soldier. Come I on. want them in school with with Peace Corps teachers. So you know that. Yeah, yeah. So I know that. Look. Uh, First of all, I, I hear them talking on, on the air this morning about uh, who paid for those people to come up here. Well, I, I do think that, that they're paid for. I, I believe that. You know I believe that. Of course. And I believe Donald paid. <laughs> no. You know, and, and, and you think Soros paid. But I yeah. know that. The, I don't know whether the, Soros paid. But, Soros but somebody... is an 88-year-old financier who's more worried about where the stock market's going to open this morning than he is about paying to get those people up here. You know, I didn't know he was Jewish. He's Jewish. I know, but 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 see, people are acting like you know because what they're doing is after the synagogue shootings, the uh, the people in the uh, in the commentariat uh, on the liberal side were all saying, "See what happens when you make fun of George Soros." I'm like, "What? Yeah, he's Jewish." I'm like, "Well, I didn't even know he was Jewish. What are you talking about?" But there are, are people like was- out there who are pushing this narrative, which says. That look what the Jews are doing. 
Who's doing George that? Lee? Uh, they're all over television. They are? Yeah, and they're going to lose in elections tomorrow. I, I, I haven't heard the look what the Jews are doing yeah. campaign and, and, slogan. And, and, they, and they have robocalls out there for, for their campaigns, and they say, I don't know nothing. I didn't do it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I hate to laugh about this, but it's funny. Though. Well, you don't watch MSNBC. Well, no. I know. Okay, but 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 where did the? I want to I want to pin you down here because how much time do you have? Because uh, yeah, the look what the Jews are doing. I don't. I've never. I absolutely. And I I think that I generally am very well informed, and I pay attention to what people say and do, and all that kind of thing. I've never heard the look what the Jews are doing campaign. Yeah. Well, it's out there, and I it's always been out there. But I tell you, I don't even react to it myself for the very simple reason that I don't feel that Jews are mistreated in America. In fact, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, there are only 6 million Jews in the United States and they're all over the place. I mean, you should never see anybody if there are only 6 million of you. I mean, there are 40 million black people and 40 million Hispanics and only 3 million Muslims, you know, so... Jews and Muslims don't bother anybody. They're, but I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen the campaign commercial. Look what the Jews are doing. <laughs> it, robocalls. Look at the look. There yeah. he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a great article in, in the New York Times. Uh, it, it, it's actually the most popular. You know, if you go in that section, most it's, it's number one most popular. And it's all about donald and his uh and his white nationalist people <laughs> right. yeah. well it's the most popular in the country article in the country in the of new york course times it is. today yeah of course it is yeah well because what happens is when you say it's the most popular in the new york times it's probably reprinted in the post-dispatch this morning and every no, other it's, it's a very long one it's, oh, okay. it's a really excellent it's too long for post excellent readers. piece yeah. yeah they didn't think the post-dispatch <laughs> no this is a, hang in there long this is a long one yeah. all right so uh i do remember though one time though when i was a kid and this was um, it, maybe it wasn't even when I was a kid. It was when I was younger, though. And and Saturday Night Live had a spoof on uh, campaign commercials, and and they had this whole thing, and they were making fun of campaign commercials. And then one of the taglines after attacking a person of candidate, and they're like, "Plus, he's a Jew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Absolutely, it's an old. It's an old. I, 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 I hope I could find it somewhere because it was really pretty. It was funny at the and, time. And it's Eddie not Murphy funny now, but and listen, and Eddie Murphy used to do things as you probably remember very well. Uh, aside from C I L L, your landlord, which you know, I mean, you could say was, kill. Oh, well, no, but he did. It was C I L L. Yeah, okay, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I mean, he was making yeah. fun of of of. Kill my landlord. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the other thing that he did, which was, I mean, he talked about Whitey and, and actually so did Garrett Morris. You know, they, they did all that sort of thing. In those days, Saturday Night Live was very smart and funny. Today, That's because people had a sense of humor. To, today, it's just, it's not as good. It really, it, it's, well, here's, I don't think. You realize that, just as an aside, one more thing about the Jewish thing, and then we, I need to ask you about Claire McCaskill and Maria Chappelle Nadal. But, um, so I, uh, when I first worked for the Archbishop, uh, and I think I've told you this before, and, and people who are familiar with my show already know what I think, but when I first worked for the Archbishop of St. Louis, uh, Burke, when I got hired over there, left TV, left radio, one of the first calls I got from uh, a hater 
was uh, questioning why Archbishop Berg hired a Jew to be his spokesman. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Because, because I came, because uh, everybody knew I was from U City, right? And I guess because of the Alman name, or I don't know what that is. But 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 the guy assumed that I was Jewish. He goes, "What's a Jew doing working for the Archbishop?" And and everybody thinks Berger is Jewish too. So there's a lot of that that where they hear a name and they think that something's going yeah, on yeah. in it. Yeah. All right. So we had a uh, we had a typical white liberal act that was committed by Claire McCaskill, and I have to tell you, and you and you probably completely understand this. Uh, keep in mind, and, and I don't want to get into another discussion about Maria Chappelle Nadal and her assassination comment on Facebook and all that. I mean, I, let's put it this way. Even before I was fired over the tweet, I actually was the only conservative in town who defended Maria Chappelle Nadal. And I defended her because I was sick of the let's just kick him out resign, force them to resign, uh, or, you know, fire them or do whatever. And I was just kind of tired of it. And I said, you know, if, if you want somebody out of office, then vote them out of office. But it's no one else's prerogative to take somebody out of office. I felt the same way about Greitens uh, at the time. And I felt, I, hell, I even felt the same way about, you know, I defended, um, uh, well, to a certain degree, Kathy Griffin, I was offended by what she said mostly about uh, Barron as opposed to the headless thing. I thought, well, okay, fine, but but the market will speak to that. But I don't need to get outraged about something and demand a boycotts and this kind of stuff. And that was ironically before anything that happened with this tweet of mine. So uh, I defended her because also she apologized for it uh, profusely, and it was clearly something where one night she was probably – uh, you know, had a snoutful and tapped it out on her Facebook page and was angry and whatever. And also it was kind of a lot like not particularly uncommon for Marie Chappelle to say something that provocative. And then, then Foster Freeze, who's this Republican financier, came right. in for her. And I was the, one of the only ones to cover that uh, whole thing. And so I, was, I took a lot of grief for all that. Um, and, and and I understand that I understand people because it, it's a, it's kind of a rough thing. It's it, but that was pretty uncivil language. But she apologized for it anyway. So what does Claire McCaskill do when she decides that she's going to do a nationally televised interview this time with Fox News? And 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 Claire McCaskill and to me this is this is one reason that she is she's not in my opinion electable. And why she needs to be exposed for this. Anybody, she's doing a, a, a national show, and she says, I'm not one of those crazies. And then and Brett Bear's like, like who? She goes, Well, we have a state senator down there in St. Louis. It's like, like anybody in the US cares who Maria Chabelle is, but she figures that she can go ahead and and just throw Maria Chappelle Nadal under the bus. Throwing out a name, she she doesn't have the guts to say I'm not a crazy like oh uh, Maxine Waters, you know, or or someone like that, which she, she knows is the truth. But she instead she picks this low hanging fruit of of a person who, by the way, has more than apologized for what she said already. Okay, uh, but but instead Claire McCaskill decides she's going to take some lowly black politician and throw her right under the bus. That ought to piss off 
not only blacks but also whites as well that it would that, that she's even capable of doing something that crass and that gratuitous. Yeah, I have so many problems with Claire, as you know, and I, I'm not going to, to defend her. I'm just going to tell you this. Tomorrow, if Claire wins, and I think she will, it'll be part of the, the Democrats running the table in this election. It won't have anything to do with Claire. I voted for – I've voted absentee, and I voted for Claire, okay? Why did you vote absentee? Just, hang on. I voted for Claire. Which is a very funny story because when I went in to vote absentee, they made me crazy in the office because they were all jumping up and down about me and you and everything. Oh, they, really? I, I had to sign something, and and they and then afterwards they said, w- w- "Will you sign an autograph for us too?" Really? And, they, and they said, I, "Oh, I wish Jamie were here. I want his too." <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh God, you know, this is at the board of elections. Yeah, yeah, nice. But, yeah, but but th- here's the thing. Claire is, you know, she's going to win if I'm right and, and many of us are correct about what's happened. She'll win for other reasons that have nothing to do with that. And, and, and look, you and I listen to the words that people say. We listen to each other's words. We read. We, you know, we know what's going on. Lots of people don't. As far as what you said on the air, and I, I'm sure you haven't even done this. I, I only did it because some kids at school over at Clayton High School wanted to hear what you said that you know got us thrown off the air. So I brought in the last program where you talked about David Hogg. It was I didn't even know what it was, but I found the program and it it was an extended show that anyway, it was right at the end. And here's what you said. You said nothing more than this on the air. Now, I know what you wrote, okay? But on the air, I mean, what you, they, everybody said, he got thrown off the air for that? Because all you said was, is if you're going to get involved in politics, keep your blanket at home. That's all you said. Those were the only words that came out of your mouth about David Hogg on the air. Keep your blanket at home. Everybody understood what that meant. No one thought you were talking about his blanket. Just like when you wrote the tweet, nobody thought you were going to assault the kid. I mean, it well, was... Well, I didn't even tweet him. No, I know, but... Well, and also, also the, next, the next day, I did a whole thing on the air about... And, 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 the re, and I was making a reference, I was making a facetious reference to the following day when I was going to break down an interview he did with a bunch of these Australians or these Canadians or whoever they were who were uh, cussing, and and they were using the F-bomb and S-word and everything else in the interview with him, and then he started cussing too. And and I defended him. I I said, this is what happens when you're a young person and you're being manipulated by older people uh, in in that you are – and so so I can sit there and talk to like my 14-year-old, like to Aiden – and I guarantee you, he and I have a discussion, and we continue on. And the minute I start F-bombing, if I were ever going to do that, I'm not, I would never <laughs> right, do that. Right. But what I'm saying is it wouldn't be long before he started F-bombing in the conversation with me. That's how kids are. Right. And so I was actually – and, and the, the night before, I was being facetious about how uh, – because they were all telling – saying how we're all – Terrible to liberals and terrible to people uh, and you, whatever. And I said, "Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to. I'm, I'm really going to take the hot poker to David Hogg. I'm I'm scheming and I'm doing all this kind of stuff." When I did the exact opposite the next day. 
So I was being facetious, and I wasn't even refer- I wasn't even tweeting David Hogg. It was a third party reference, uh, making fun of these people who were making fun of me before that. And I was like, I, and so that's what that was about. It, it, but it was completely turned into something that it completely was not. And 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 by the way, it's not only that's not only important for you all to realize, but you realize I'm I'm like suing five different media outlets. After all, this part is done. I'm suing them for defamation. I mean, I, I mean, I had one uh, the Washington Free Press, which said that I fantasized about raping David Hogg. <laughs> I mean, that's in a headline. Yeah. I well, mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna close but, that place down. But well, amazingly enough, I'm going to say that you might have a hard time against those media people, only because we just privilege the press in so many ways, uh, including you, which you should have been privileged here as well. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm a free speech person, yeah, but, yeah. But, 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 yeah, but for you to libel me, that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, but let's go to Stacey Newman because that's the one. That's the one. She is the person in all of this that could have the greatest exposure to everything. She's got a problem, I would think. She harmed you, which is what gives you an opportunity to sue and she's a public she was a public official she still is well but she won't be yeah till january yeah yeah but at any rate uh she Just so you know yeah she's i think she's got problems but anyway we'll see i mean look hopefully all of this will will get taken care of appropriately and 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 then her she's she's the one i mean i have I have serious problems with what she did. Let let me well, also she, say here's the deal. Here's yeah, the deal. Uh, part of it, it's it's a it's an interesting um, it's an interesting uh, needle to to push through on her because uh, she'll think about this and she has I'm sure already uh, for her. The problem is though uh, because she directed it and and then there was a private company as well as her son. Who were involved in in I'm talking about cyber terrorism essentially. Uh, just ask Eric Naputi and the rest of the gang. They're going to be they're even more exposed. So you you've got you know companies like the Gateway Blend and and where Drew Newman worked, uh, where that from out of that office came the cyber attacks and and those kinds of things. And and they're actually even more exposed than she is. So just Well, don't. but but it can all go back to her. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, and and I'm sure it will. Uh, you know, anyway, that that's another thing. Let, you know, you bring up Chappelle Nadal. I don't want to get into that either because I, I look, the only thing I ever worried about that I said on TV and I didn't say it is you made me after uh what's her name? After Griffin, you made me actually carry a, a Donald head. It wasn't bloody or anything, but you made me carry a Donald head. And then you started saying things to me on the air about why was I doing the head? And I said, well, you know, I blame you, you know, but at any rate, they'd have blamed. Well, uh, I, I didn't get in trouble. That was good. We, we, uh, we, the we, reason why I brought up uh, Claire McCaskill is because that's and I, I, I because that's what White liberals do no. That's, that's yes, not it true. is. She's not a liberal. That's that's what. Okay, She's you, not that's a always liberal. your excuse. Well, it's you're true. Like, you know, Greitens isn't she, a real no, Republican. No, wait, wait, no, no. But Greitens but, is a is a very progressive, smart, and good man. Now that's that's a fact. He's not in the office anymore. We can tell all the truth about him. 
Uh, I just wish that he hadn't gotten himself so screwed up. He he really messed up a tremendous opportunity to do good things that would have been good for everybody. Well, it wasn't had, had, had people left him alone, but they didn't want to because he was about to upset their apple cart. So he, he clearly he was exposed because of his uh, personal dealings, but. He ought to get involved in in Radio Free Almond because I know what he's doing, which is not much. And and, and Eric needs to be involved. I I had a conversation with him two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, you know, but but had people, had had Republicans more than anything else supported him and not threw him under the bus, uh, he would have been fine. That's right. But that's who, but that is who got him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and make no mistake. Uh, believe me, Republicans were the ones who brought Eric Reitens down, not Democrats. That, that's absolutely correct. There's, there's, there's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. So now I do have to run, but I, I, I want to say that the name I, I, I would love, and, and we will be talking about as soon as this election's over, Jamila. That is going to be so big in this city. What she's about to do is going to be... she going to run for mayor? No, 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 oh. because she's running for president of the board of aldermen. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and is she an alderman? No, but you, that's, it's a funny thing. You don't, that's not how it works. You don't have to be an alderman to run for president of the board of aldermen. She's running for president of the board of aldermen, which is one of the, obviously one of the three positions sure. in St. Louis because they have equal... Voting rights. You have the comptroller, you have the president board of aldermen, and the mayor. Exactly. Right. So it's a weird system. It is and, a weird and, system. And, and she is going to, assuming she wins, going to push herself out here in a very assertive way in terms of getting control of things in the city. Because, look, what's Lida doing? Nothing. When's the last time you even heard Lida's name? Are, are Never. The, are, are the aldermen going to allow her to – are they going to not – I know they don't. They they're not. It's not dependent on their vote. No, but it's not at all. But how are the aldermen going to all feel about that? You know, I don't know. But I, I'll say this. You know, I, I I've been friends with Lewis Reed for many years. Yeah. and 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 I love Lewis. Great guy. Lewis. Well, first of all, just you know, has anything changed under Lewis? I mean, you know. Well, when when Lewis Reed was an alderman, that whole area around. Uh, uh, 14th Street and Park and that whole place. He's done a great job over there. Listen, I, I love Lewis, but there are some things that where Lewis had an opportunity to stand up and he didn't. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. You know, but look, here's the thing. So, so Lewis may be angry with me. I hope he's not. He probably will be for a little bit. But because I'm going to support Jamila because I know what Jamila wants to do. Jamila wants to really change the city in ways that I think lots of people will really Here's, here's warm it, up it, to if if Jamila Nasheed will just leave the cops alone, leave the police alone, then then I'm sure she'll be fine because the police are not our problem. She's Jamila, not going after okay, the police. Okay, well, well, good because yeah. in in the past, you know, she's the one who said uh, Mr. Turkey Sandwich was shot in the back of the head by the police. Right? Remember that? Yeah. She tweeted that out. There and caused are all kinds of trouble. There are issues we've talked about. I know. You know I mean, I, I'm, I'm just. I'm, she's I, not. She's not on a a, a a big tear against the police. But what she is looking for is economic development, and certainly, and this is why I'm involved, is because she's looking at the school system 
And there's a story in the school system that's so okay, complicated. Well, if she's, if she's we'll doing get that, to it. We'll get if she's to doing it. that, but, but keep in mind, there are people who have long memories about sure. her dealings with the police. Yeah, well, and she's it, running and, against Lewis Reed, so it's two liberals, so, you know. I get it, but I mean, I think she, 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 could, she would do well to kind of uh, temper her uh, police uh, situation there. But yeah. again, let me go back really quickly, because you keep wanting to avoid this, with Claire McCaskill. This is why you have ribbon cuttings at the arch, and and Lida Crusin and her gang all forget to have a black person uh, as part of the ribbon cutting at the arch. Okay, okay. You, but, but this is why use, because they don't. They you want to really... use Lida Crusin as a liberal. You want to use Claire as a liberal. Right? They're not. They're not. Okay. Well, they're not. Th- th- then that's not. They're a, that's... moderates. Okay. They're very but, but, but that's, that's moderate. The problem is, is is in this community and in Missouri politics in general. The white liberal establishment doesn't really care about black people or black politicians and will throw them under the bus every step of the way, any chance they get. And so and how blacks continue to support these people is beyond me. And and, and, and we've and, agreed and, and, on and that. If Donald Suggs and his stupid no, newspaper, no. which is stop kowtowing Donald to the white liberal establishment, maybe we'd get someplace. Donald Suggs has sold out more times than we have time to discuss on this airwaves right now, exactly in the way that you're describing. So, yeah, we're fine with that. Look, Jamila How could, how could the St. Louis American have liberal. a white editor? It's like, come on. Well, that's not the problem. It is the problem. No, look, you didn't even know Brian Ireland is the, the managing editor of the, of the, the world. Yeah, but the and world is white. But the world is a is a is a spoof newspaper. That's right. That's it's not. I mean, it's it's just a. I know. You know, but but the St. Louis American is like I the know. is the black newspaper of record, and they have some fat ass white liberal running the thing. Okay, they also have James Ingram over there, who probably is, lives in the Grove. Yeah, they also have James Ingram over there, who is a real radical leftist. Good guy. Oh, who's that? James Ingram, the the columnist over okay, there. Okay, gotcha. I, one I of our it. buddies. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I gotta get out of here. So you know, I don't want to get in trouble. But uh, anyway, it's been okay. fun, and uh, you know, I, I hope you're not feeling too badly tomorrow when all this is is over. I don't. I don't. You know. No, I'm. I'm actually. We're gonna be. I, I don't know. You it would be great if you if you were around Tuesday night. When we're uh, running around, we're, we might be doing I'll a live what, show. I'll see what I can do. Uh, I'll see what, what I can what do. What else are you doing Tuesday night? It's hard, hard to what, do. You want to have a watch party with Jamila? Hard to even get into all the idiotic things. I won't be hanging around Democratic Party headquarters anywhere. If I do anything, it would be running around with you. That's for okay. sure. Okay. By the way, do you drink? No. N- not at all? Not uh, Decaf. I knew I I knew there was a reason why not to trust you. Yeah, you don't have you you don't have a drop of liquor ever. Yeah, but you know what? Burger Did you says, ever? Are you one of those guys? I I, I mean I've had a sit. No. Oh okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell so you. So you've always story. been that way. Yeah, I, okay. I I got drunk when I was thirteen years old at a at a, at a bar mitzvah, and that was the last time I, I ever too. had you a know, drink. It's funny how you got drunk at a bar mitzvah. The first time I got drunk was at a church youth group outing. Yeah. See. Religion will get you every time. No, it's That's horrible. Right. But um, yeah. I, I, in fact, I only recently went went back. It was about maybe a year ago that I ever touched brown liquor again because we were drinking bourbon by the uh, by the plastic cocktail glass full. Yeah, and I had to, I called my mother. 
to yeah, that, come pick and that's me a, up. That's another thing. I'm serious. I was with no, him. no. That's I, I need to bring that up. Your mother's ninety. My mother's eighty-seven. We've discussed this before. If nothing else, because we missed the opportunity to put them on the, the know, television, which I is know. a shame. But but we need to. We should go out to lunch, the two of us with our mothers. Yes, that we should do. They're, my mom loves you. I'm, I'm saying they're up there. We, you know, before, you know, we need to get our mothers together for lunch one day. That it's a simple deal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, keep but that is your in mind. mom? Is, but your mom isn't conservative, though, right? Or did you say you're? Uh, okay. She's not. Okay. She's not. Yeah. She's well, not. She's not like me. I mean, nobody's right. like that. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, the other thing I was going to say, Berger says the people that you shouldn't trust. Well, first of all, he doesn't trust women. That's number oh, one. Oh gosh, that's yeah. that's a. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Secondly, really, he says that. No, he. Oh yeah, yeah. Berger says bad things, and Berger says you should never trust a man if you can't walk up, shake his hands, and tell him to go f himself. If you can't use that kind of language to a man and shake right. oh, hands yeah, with no. him the right way, yeah. don't trust him. No, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so okay. the women thing is probably something he needs to kind of yeah, well, explore a little. Yeah, bit. explore. <laughs> Just go back into the <laughs> back into his right. uh, recesses there. Yes, figure be, that out. Be good. Have a great day. Okay, today. man. Thank you. Okay, and, and yeah, let me know if you can if you're I'll try. available tomorrow night. Yes. But yeah, yeah. My mom loves Kaysen. She always did. My mom is really. My mom and I argue all the time about Trump because she can't stand him. But um, and my mom and I are very close. We just, you know, we have a great relationship, and she's just she and I are thick as thieves. But uh, but yeah, she she loved Mark. I you so you and Mark are so good together. You you're sometimes too mean to him. Blah 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 blah. He's looking after Mark Kaysen. It's like mom. It's just we're just you know we're just playing around. You know it's 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 that jocularity. I tell you, you don't trust women. It's kind of weird. Burger, you need to, you need to uh, go back in time, brother. Figure that out with your mom or whatever it is you, you got going on there. Oh, yes, people. Good morning, this morning. Uh, we are live in the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Come on, people. Little Lou Reed. Gotta thank all my proud sponsors of the Radio Free Almond product. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell. I don't like Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855 quote me. 855 quote me is the number there. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. And don't forget too. About Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor. I'm going to tell you about him in just a few. Because Michael actually uh, texted me. Hmm, let me just see here. Boy, I had all kinds of people texting me all over the place yesterday. Sensations. Lou Reed, uh, people would listen to him and go, that guy's like a terrible singer. How could you possibly, uh, how could you possibly like, like that? I'm like, no, he's, he's, he's got his brand. Out of Facebook, I, I think I've got Facebook by the, you know, what's here because I don't think they are, they even know what's going on. They kick me off for Lou Reed, they'll go straight to hell. Their algorithms are not that, their the algorithm tastes aren't that good. There's no way they're catching up on this one. Anyway, uh, Michael texted me and said, hey, by the way, I'm beginning my 45th year in business. 
I started in on uh, the first of January of nineteen seventy four. So he's going to be as of one one nineteen forty five years into business when he was twenty three years old. And this is Michael: experience, knowledge, reliability, quality. Quality, value, service, and window fashion since 1974. Isn't that cool? I love it how he's called it window fashion because that's what it is. It's it's uh, it's amazing what he does. He's done three different jobs for me. And if you're trying to spruce up for the holidays, maybe you are hosting Thanksgiving or maybe you're going to get into the uh, Christmas holidays and you kind of want to find a way to kind of jazz up your home and you don't want to paint. And you don't want to spend $1,000 on... Uh, New furniture, or not a thousand, but you know what I mean, like ten thousand dollars on new furniture. Get a nice, uh, simple window fashion treatment from Michael Proctor. Forty-five years in the business, he's a mobile design guy, so he's got his unit that drives right up to your doorstep, and he's right there, man. Interior designer, he's the guy who installs all the hardware, all the most beautiful hardware you're gonna find. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an art. And uh, Michael is an artist, that's for sure. 45 years. Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Going to go see Ricky Hall, too, a little bit later on. Ricky Hall with the uh, Nutrition HQ. Love that guy. Veteran-owned. NHQ.rocks. I was serious about that... uh, I was serious about that whole uh, thing about the Lou Reed, I Want to Be Black song. Man, I couldn't believe he got away with that. But he did, but back in the day, people just had different sensibilities. They didn't uh, care about all this stuff. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they, people could joke and it was kind of like, wow, whoa. And then that was it. Real quickly, uh, before be, I know some of you are curious. Yeah, we got drunk at the youth group. Yeah, actually, I did. I um, I had a um, I, I was uh, <laughs> I was with how I wound up like this, but I was the only guy, and I was at a uh, I was hanging out with two, maybe three girls over at her house, and I was uh, thirteen. And so I was like, uh, and they were in my church youth group. I think we passed it off as like a youth group meeting. So with these uh, three girls, uh, Allison, Vicky, and there was a third one there, I think. And uh, we got into Allison's uh, parents' uh, bourbon. I mean, those little plastic glasses, you know, Uh <laughs> Uh, those little plastic cocktail glasses, you know those things, and, and we just started filling those up with bourbon and uh, just drinking it like water. I can't, I can't believe we we did that, but we did, and um, and it wasn't long before we were all like basically poisoned. I mean, it was like just unbelievable. And so, you know, I know that yeah, I was with some chicks, and you know, I'm 13 and. How cool is that? But I did one of the most uncool things, but it probably ended up helping me a lot. Uh, I called my mother. <laughs> I called my mom to come pick me up 
And then uh, she picked me up in her 1974 Granada. And I puked right out the window the minute I got in the car. So at least the girls didn't see me puke. I don't remember what else happened, but we got in a lot of trouble for that. That was the end of the uh, um, phony youth group uh, meetings at Allison Perkins' house. I love Allison Perkins. She's still around. I know Vicky is. I don't think Vicky's a fan of my politics, but it's too bad at that point. I'm not drinking with Vicky. She's a sweet, sweet girl, though. Anyway, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Do you see Obama? I mean, first of all, this is what I was talking about earlier with uh, President Trump. And by the way, I'm, I'm leaving at 8 because I got to go to the... Uh, I go to the. I got to go to the uh, mediation for the uh, case. The my case against Intercom. We are. We are. I'm going. I'm. This, and don't think that this is going to be me going and trying to figure out a way out of this thing because uh, that's that's their job. Because I'm I'm ready to roll July one for a trial. So in front of a jury. So I'm I'm ready to go with that. But we'll see. The mediation is designed to be. Is there a way to come together? Is there a way to, you know, you mediate? And the federal judge, the judge is like, you guys got to try to figure this out because you got a lot of cases, and that's how it goes in federal court. And uh, so. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. It'll be it'll be this morning. I'll let you know tomorrow what's up and uh, if anything, and uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, this is that's that's the way federal uh, courts go sometimes. Did you see? Did you see President Trump? He's like he's got his vintage tail end vigor in terms of his speeches and everything else. He's doing the same thing he did. In the, in the last couple of days of the presidential campaign. Remember that? Remember he was like, we were watching him, like, for instance, in Altoona, Pennsylvania. We're like, this dude, what is up with this guy? He's running around seven different states in the last, like, four days of the campaign. And he, and he, was, he was just unbelievably energetic. And, and the, the same thing goes now. I'm surprised people aren't so impressed by this. I mean, even if you're on on the liberal end, you got to be like, man, this guy is a fighter. And and man, is he having fun and you've seen you've heard the sound bites. Oh, I can have a little more for you at some point, but he's really confident and in a great mood. He's going to be in Cape Girardeau tonight. I understood it to be like 9 o'clock tonight, but that might be Eastern time. I don't know. The guitar on this is great. Lou Reed was a great guitarist. I will I will give you that. He's a he's a uh, fascinating dude. All right, so uh so you've got you've got uh President Trump and then you have Obama who was out there yesterday and Siri Get away from me. God, it's like a bad dream. 
this chick, Siri. Obama! So you have Obama out there on the stump, and he's in Miami, Florida with Bill Nelson and Andrew Gillum. And so you, you notice, like last week, when, uh, when Biden was in town, and I kind of avoided this because I don't want to be an ageist, as I said earlier, because, you know, I don't, I don't really like to make fun of people because they're old, because I'm old and, you know, my mom's old and people are old. And so that's just how it goes. But, but you gotta, but I gotta tell you, Joe Biden was not a good representation of Polident because I'll tell you, he, his, his teeth were falling out of his gums as the guy was talking and it was like it was just like what is wrong with you dude i mean he he certainly you you uh he makes donald trump look like he's 25 biden does then you had obama who was out there and he was uh <laughs> he was angry sweating like a quarter horse and just like out of his mind in florida and, and I'm I'm not kidding you. I mean, it, it's like it, it, here, listen, listen to him, and 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 imagine watching somebody almost literally dripping with sweat and angry and everything. It was just unbelievable. Vanishes. You never hear about it again. In 2010, they said that Bill and I. We were- I mean, he's always frowning. And, and, and wagging his finger and 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 like I said a while back, um, <laughs> and it was it was it came up when when Doug Giles was doing his uh, night before Christmas thing, and, uh, and and you know how the internet is the other things pop you might like blah blah blah, and so they had uh, they had Obama reading was the night before Christmas with his daughters, and he was even frowning doing that. Like, was it was the night before Christmas? I'm like, dude, calm down. It's the night before Christmas. Why are you so angry? I'm not going to see you being angry the night of Christmas because you're tired and the kids have been up since 6 in the morning. But why would you be that angry the night before Christmas? And all through the house. Like, dude, calm down. Not a creature was stirring. It's like, okay, I get it. Not even a mouse. Okay, but yeah, he was very angry and frowny and even during the night before Christmas. But here he's like really mad. He's mad about something. I don't know what it is, but magically vanishes. You never hear about it again. In 2010, they said that Bill and I, we were setting up death panels to kill your grandma. Remember that? God, he's got to go back to 2010. I mean, that's that's is is that Bill Nelson's running for the U.S. Senate? Gillum's running for the governorship, and and they're like, dude, twenty ten, really? Like, you mean eight years ago? You're still mad about the death panels or whatever it is? I don't know. In twenty fourteen, they said Ebola's going to kill all of us. It it killed thousands of people, by the way. Ebola did. It wasn't like it wasn't like Ebola was. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure that was blamed on Democrats, but uh, Ebola did kill a lot of people, just so you know. All right. Ebola's going to kill all of us. Shut the borders. 
it was killing. It killed thousands of people. Ebola did. I'm just. I'm just saying. I, I'm, and I'm not quite sure that that there were a whole lot of people saying shut the borders because of Ebola. But I will tell you that uh, that Obama and Reagan and others have sent troops to the border before. I mean, it's not like President Trump is out of the ordinary in doing that. Reagan did it when there was a threat of the uh, cartel. They, they just killed a border agent uh, down there, and he sent the troops down there, and, and, and Obama did too. I just can't remember what it was for, but he did. In 2016, it was Hillary's emails. They were all wound up about that. Yeah, she, she committed a crime, basically, and she had a separate server for her emails. As Secretary of State, I mean, even Obama should be concerned about that. It's not like we were just like, uh, oh, those emails. It's like, no, it wasn't, the, it wasn't even the content of the emails. It was the fact that she had a separate server to begin with. That was a pretty big-ass deal. I mean, there were a lot of people who were very concerned about Hillary Clinton's comportment when it comes to I – mean, I mean, James Comey even said that, well, it should have been – violation but it was it was more sloppy than anything else but being sloppy when you're secretary of state and fresh off of the murders of a US ambassador uh being sloppy isn't isn't exactly the the best thing to be when you're secretary of state anyway he's and the mainstream press picked up on this is terrible this is a breach of security you it was a breach of security Pretty much everybody agreed that it was. I think even Hillary wound up saying, yeah, that was kind of a breach of security. He's, boy, he's angry. And the mainstream press picked up on it. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a breach of security. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the Obama I'm even used to generally. I'm going to give him a break because even in the past, uh, President Obama at least was angry and measured, but. This is being angry and, and not so measured, but it's kind of funny to watch. You want to watch it because he's sweating like a pig, and he's, uh, he's not happy. And the mainstream press picked up on it. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a breach of scare. He, he looks like a guy who, I, I don't know whether you've ever seen this before. I saw a couple of them in New York where they're walking down the street talking, and you're thinking, is that guy talking on a cell phone or something? It's, no, he's just he's screaming it. To himself, I'm like. Sometimes you can't tell whether somebody's actually on the phone nowadays, and uh, you're looking and like, no, he's he's yelling at himself. He's yeah. You know they don't care about that because if they did, they'd be worrying about the current president <laughs> talking on his cell phone. <laughs> are there, are there people worried about the president? Is it is it is it the is it? Uh, President Trump talking on his cell phone that bothers us so much? Let me just hear this a second. I just got to get through this. This is terrible. This is a breach of scare. You know they don't care about that because if they did, they'd be worrying about the current president talking on his cell phone while the Chinese are listening in. <laughs> this is pretty funny because this is pretty unhinged. I think what wait what is it is it but I thought the Chinese thing was that they had some kind of uh, they put something in the phones like a chip in the phones or something like that but 
he he didn't really know he didn't really know what he was talking about there. Maybe I mean, if he talked on cell phone to Chinese, listen, I'm like, dude, really? That's funny. We're talking on a cell phone while the Chinese are listening in. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever see the? Uh, did you ever see the uh, President Trump? Uh, uh, President Obama, the live at the Apollo thing, where they had uh, they 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 had him standing up there, but then they had a guy. Hold on, uh, 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 let me see if I can find it. Hold on, because you guys have to hear it. But 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 but. Uh, and he was he was doing his. Uh, he don't have a butt. He's got a big old butt, 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 butt. I can't remember what it was. It was, um, it was an old uh, video, and it was. I used to play it all the time. I can't remember it now. I can't figure out where it is now. But it was pretty damn funny. And it was, it was whoever it was, the guy doing uh, Obama's voice. But he was, uh, he was doing his uh, his routine, and they were. Uh, acting like he was just doing a routine at the Apollo, and it was just some guy's voice. He let me look like a, a bitch got eyes like a Geico lizard. That one. <laughs> let me see if I can find that. I'm sorry. I got to do this, and then I'll get back to him. Bitch got eyes like a Geico lizard. That was when he was uh, running in 2008. Let me just see here. Amuse yourselves while I'm doing this. Geico lizard. How do you spell Geico? Geico lizard. Oh, oh, here it is. Okay, Deaf Comedy Jam. But now, uh, I and by the way, I, I did this, and I, I and I, I have a whole page of uh, Geico lizards on my on my on my page. But uh, Ben's got eyes like a Geico lizard. This is it. This is this is funny. Oh. <laughs> uh. I don't. Is it clean? Do we care? Oh, I got that wheel going on on now. Damn it! Hang on. Damn. It's the Chinese spying on. Listen to all my computer. Oh, come on! Don't give me the wheel. Damn it! They probably they probably found some way to to uh, to uh, get rid of this. Obama def. You know what? Hold on. I'm, I mean, there it is. Here. <laughs> you know what I mean. Come on. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Come on. She's running around. This is this is called uh, Obama Deaf Comedy Jam. Have you guys ever seen this before? It's really funny. But so it's it's him, but it's the guy. So you see him out there, but it's but but it's some guy making fun of his voice. But you're seeing him on video, like he's really saying it. It's pretty. Pretty funny. You know what I mean? Come on. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Come on. She's running around talking like it's an insult to sportsmen. And how she, and how she values the second amendment. She's talking like she's Annie Oakley. She's more like Elma Fudd. <laughs> and what about Bill Clinton? What he need to do is lay off the cheeseburgers. Have you seen him lately? He don't have a butt. He's got a butt. A butt. <laughs> A butt, 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 butt. 
He's got a big butt, the butt, butt, butt. Big <laughs> says she's out the duck blind hunting. I like to see her squeeze a big ass in one of them bright orange pants suits. Bitch is crazy. <laughs> Come on. Probably look like a great pumpkin. That's some politics being played by Hillary Clinton. The bitch be politricking. I want to see that picture of her out there in the duck blind with her big old eyes. Bitch got eyes like the Geico lizard. Probably scared the ducks half to death. <laughs> So anyway, so he's when he's uh when he's doing his thing, when he's doing his thing where he's having this temper tantrum in Florida, it, the the visual is the same because he's like when he says something like, "Oh come on," and then he he's like he looks out at the audience because when he did the Chinese cell phone thing, he looks out at the audience, uh, to, for his laugh. It's the same look that he gives in this Obama deaf comedy jam. Oh, come on! And he looks out, he's, he did the whole self, Chinese cell phone thing. President, <laughs> talking on his cell phone while the Chinese are listening in. <laughs> and he looks out at the audience, and you, gotta, you have to see this clip. And I listened to Matt, actually, you would see in the clip, but Matt's been trying to get me to download this thing on my computer that I've been resisting. I haven't done it yet, and so uh, blame me. Otherwise, you'd see it if I listened to Matt, but I haven't listened to Matt on this thing yet. But no, he and and so he's talking about this. They ought to get him on a cell phone talking about the, the, the Chinese. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. I mean, you know, come on now. Bitch got eyes like the Geico lizard. Care about it. They said it to get folks. Angry and ginned up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody's angry and ginned up, but it's not us. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now in 2018, they're telling you the, the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. They're even taking our brave troops away from their families for a political stunt. At the border. Those troops are already, by the way, stationed in, and uh, at bases around that area, and, and they're taking them away from their families. I mean, these are – first of all, I'll, I'll, instead of laughing about this, I'll be more serious about this one. The uh, American soldiers that are being sent to the border are are, are currently – deployed soldiers they are soldiers who are uh have signed up for duty to the united states armed forces i mean they are soldiers and so uh this idea that they're being taken away from their families is ridiculous on its face because uh one of the things that is the uh a level of enumerated powers of the constitution are for providing for the defense of this country. And if the commander-in-chief decides and deems that there is a threat to this country in terms of a uh, border invasion or some kind of uh, illegal entrance into the U.S., it doesn't matter whether it's uh, four people or 4,000 people, you are going to do uh, what you're deployed to do. And, and, and any one of these soldiers out there 
are uh, more than happy to do uh, and be called into duty to their country because that's what they signed up for. And now, obviously, it's kind of like, uh, you know, saying that a police officer responding to some kind of call from a citizen who needs help is like, oh, come on, they take it away from my family. I'm like, dude, you're on-duty police officer. There aren't many police officers who, who sit there and, and, and hear, uh, get a call and say, damn it, I was spending time with my family. That's not the case here. It's, again, another fundamental misunderstanding uh, from, on the part of Obama about Families that whole thing. For a political stunt at the border. <laughs> and the men and women of our military deserve better than that. Oh, come on. Is there anybody out there who really believes that this is an inconvenience to our military? Now, keep in mind, you know, do, do I do I believe that, uh, for instance, a, that police officers ought to be tasked with uh, uh, sitting along a, a roadway to ticket somebody going five miles over the speed limit? No. And I don't think most police officers really want to do that, although many of them have to because kind of it's their duty, but also because in some cases it's a, it's a revenue issue, and I understand that too. Uh, but this, isn't, this is no small problem. We're going to have masses at the border. We've seen what's happened already in Mexico where they're tearing down fences and throwing rocks at at helicopters, everything else. And so is, is the, is the object now just to somehow just forget about all this and not worry about it once they actually get to the border. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. And, and, and unfortunately what's happening is, and, and, and Mark Kaysen actually believed that the, uh, that, that, that Trump is paying for this pretty much himself. And, and the fact of the matter is maybe he might as well, because, the concern is actually resonating with a lot of people. Now, I don't believe they're all going to come here and start murdering everybody and doing whatever, but that's not what our concern is. Our concern is the sovereignty of this country and the, uh, and, and the efficacy of our borders. I mean, I, don't, I think that's very simple, but boy, he's going crazy. On this one. So, so vote for Andrew Gillum for governor. Is that what then? Is that what we're supposed to do? Because is that is that his point here? Because I mean, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, uh, one reason here to vote for Gillum at least, and and uh, and and there and there might be uh, some degree of. Uh, reason to go ahead and vote for uh uh to, to to vote for nelson if you have an issue with that but uh but i'm not quite sure that you you can in in this case uh i i it doesn't seem like president uh, obama is stumping for gillum by attacking by going back and talking about ebola and you know that kind of thing did you see mika brzezinski and her love of uh of claire mccaskill this was on morning joe this morning and uh and i'm I, it's interesting to see this race actually getting national attention now and, and it and it has uh the claire mccaskill holly race and uh and there were some people who were concerned about uh the 
narrowing of the numbers, and uh, Hawley, who was ahead maybe seven points a while back, is now ahead only three, whatever. Uh, Claire McCaskill's in trouble, and, and they all know it. But Mika Brzezinski was on the, on the Morning Joe show this morning uh, saying that she's uh, obsessed with Claire McCaskill. You want to hear it? Have gotten Let's... as tight and okay. tumultuous Let's as a to Texas Missouri. twister the on NBC a Thursday News night. Marist poll <laughs> yes, shows. Thanks, Here we go, guys. Everybody, look. Claire... This is the NBC Marist poll that is out now, and it shows that Claire McCaskill is ahead of Hawley by uh, three percentage points. But keep in mind that the. Uh, Margin of error. Let me see this. I can't. I can't really. Damn thing. I can't really see this. Uh-huh. Um, the margin of error on this poll is plus or minus five percent, which is, first of all, an enormous margin of error. By the way, I mean you, you generally might see like plus or minus two, or even plus or minus three. But I'm I'm no polling expert, but uh, a a margin of error of plus or minus five percentage points is huge. And keep in mind too, this was uh, October 30th through November 1st of likely voters. It was a poll taken, and uh, and and keep in mind too that when people do polls, they're calling first of all, and, and we went through all this, by the way. Uh, in the uh, in 2016, when we talked about polls, and and it should have it should have uh, been a uh, it should have been clear to everybody how polls are just worn out. You can't you can't uh, you can't rely on them anymore. I mean, it's let me see here, 600 likely voters. So it was done by phone. This is the NBC News Marist poll. And and how many of you and we, and and we talked about this in 2016. How many of you actually ever pick up your phone, your landline, if you actually have a landline? I know some people don't even have landlines anymore. They don't even have landlines anymore. And and and, and now I don't believe they're doing cell phone calls, but maybe they are. But how many of you pick up your your unknown cell phone calls? And, and and how many people are actually home or around to answer the telephone? Well, I mean, when I hear a telephone ring at my house, I'm thinking that maybe there must be some kind of television show on where they have a telephone because I'm like, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever even picked up my telephone in the past year. Like actually been on a, a phone. I mean, uh, like a handset phone. So anyway, they're polling people, a, a very narrow group of people who actually answer their phone. And a lot of them will be people who might be elderly or what have you. But but they're certainly not um, just the normal average everyday American because that person's not picking up their telephone. And so polls are just notoriously just – they're just unreliable and 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 they're and they're hard to pin down, and oftentimes they might give a little bit of an indication of where things are at, uh, but 
but that's just not um that's just not accurate but anyway uh so so on morning joe this morning mika is touting this nbc news marist poll that has a margin of error of plus or minus 5.2% which is gigantic Thanks, Here we go, guys. Everybody look. Claire McCaskill okay, let's pulling into right the now. lead as she seeks a third term. Come on, Claire. 50% to <clears throat> Attorney General Josh Hawley's 47% might. I mean, uh, pulls into the lead. It's like, what are they talking about? There's no way you could even uh, accurately say that somebody's pulling into the lead when you've got it, when you're when you're referring to a poll that's plus three. And that the margin of error is plus or minus 5%. Unless, of course, you're a big fan and Mika's a big fan. Pulling into the lead as she seeks a third term. Come on, Claire, 50% to Attorney General Josh Hawley's 47%. My Lord. Another poll showing them within the margin of error. But slightly better for McCaskill than the tide race the poll found in late August. Stop right there. Steve Kornacki. There is no reason Claire McCaskill should be within 15 points My God. in any race. If this woman wins again in that state without Todd Aiken this time. I'm obsessed with her. I mean, I was shocked I when I her. saw her. I'm obsessed with her, says Mika. And Morning Joe was interesting. He was no talking- reason Claire McCaskill should be within 15 points My God. in any race. If this woman wins again in that state without Todd Aiken this time. I'm obsessed with I mean, her. I was shocked I when I saw her. her. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's the deal. Uh, first of all, there's every reason Claire McCaskill uh, ought to be concerned. She's an incumbent Democrat, and all the media and all Democrats have been doing is running against Donald Trump. The problem for Claire McCaskill is she's in a state that overwhelmingly supported President Trump. In fact, our margin was 19, 20 percent above Hillary Clinton. And 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 I had said before that that I'm more concerned about Hawley not being further ahead of her because in a in a Trump in a pro Trump state like this he ought to be and, and and all you have to do is look at Hillary's comportment over the past couple of days and actually this poll was taken before she decided to throw uh, Maria Chappelle Nadal under the bus. And and you're you're talking about a woman who, if she's going to win the U.S. Senate, she's going to have to win St. Louis City in St. Louis County, and she's going to have to win Jackson County in Kansas City. Josh Hawley is going to be the king of the outstate vote, in my opinion, uh, or at least he should be, because that's all Trump country out there, and Josh Hawley ought to be winning all of that handily. Uh, but but for Claire McCaskill to decide that she's going to go ahead and 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 again for better or for worse she's going to go ahead and throw some low hanging fruit under the bus in that fashion on national television pissed off a lot of people made a lot of people angry and uh, and and it wasn't a good look for her to do that kind of thing and then then of course she claims that she's a hundred percent behind President Trump it's all such typical Claire. Uh, and and all she's been is a is a uh, is a 
person who has obstructed President Trump's agenda. She didn't vote for the tax cuts. She didn't vote for Gorsuch. I mean, she's been constantly in lockstep with the left wing of the Democratic Party. And so she's not kidding anybody. Not at all. Anyway, I'll leave you with that because i got to get going to this uh, thing. And uh, so I'm ending the show a uh, an hour early because i got to get to my uh, my deal, the mediation. So we'll see how that all goes. I've got some really fantastic attorneys, and we talked over the weekend. And so I'm ready for this. Appreciate all my sponsors. Thank you, Gold Note Blending, 314-567-GOLD. Thank you, guys. GoldenOakBlending.com. Also, thank you so much to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Looking forward to uh, being down there eventually. Maybe post-election celebration. A little cigar and a nice glass of yippee Kaye. How does that sound? Two fingers and an ice cube, baby. At Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road in Arnold. Thank you to Discovery Design, Truck Care Manufacturing, ddtruckusa.com. Appreciate you guys, as always. Thank you, by the way, also to Hanson's Tree Service. I don't know whether you guys have seen what's happened with this blustery weekend we had. If you've got some branches popping all over your front lawn, that's an indication you need some help with your trees. Hanson's Tree Service is ready to rock and roll. Deadwood pruning, all that kind of thing. Thank you. Chad Hansen, hansenstree.com. Also, thank you to Nutrition HQ, Ricky Hall and Jenna. Better known. Right there at McKnight and Manchester in Rock Hill. NHQ.rocks. Also, thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency 855. Quote me in. 45 years in the biz. That's Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Thank you also to Eric Deputy, DeputyWellness.com. Dr. Deputy's an awesome man, good guy, and one of the main reasons why Radio Free Almond is doing as well as it is because of his support. I appreciate that very much. Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Check that out, people. Rick and Tracy, great friends of mine, good people. Helped me out a great deal and love it. So TracyEllis.com. Be back tomorrow, and I'll let you know, too, about the details regarding how we're going to cover the election. We don't know the venue yet, but we will be live tomorrow night. So you can just add us to your list of election resources, okay? All right. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Don't fence me.